All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here. A nice June. Tim's got to leave early, and he just dropped the ball on me. So there's going to be no messing around. I had a lot of fun stuff I wanted to talk about. A lot of interesting things. All of that is out the window because Tim's got to go. What appointment do you have, Tim? I'm going to get uh, the proof for the TSA pre-check for the airport. So where are you? Where are you flying? That you need to go. They're good for like five years. So. Are you kidding? Is that is that the reason? That's the reason. Yeah. What? Why do you have to get through security so fast? <laughs> and how often do you fly? It's worth it. I fly all the time, including for work. So you're a single man. You don't have any baggage at all. I have no. plenty of baggage, John. Emotionally, you do. <laughs> That's crazy. And how much does this cost? It's like seventy dollars, and it's good for five years. It's so waste worth of time. Okay. How you often do you fly? Honestly. You're just bad because we it affects you. That's the only reason. It's not a waste of time. I it's been a long weekend. I got a lot to talk about. And now That's we cool. gotta just condense everything. We literally have twenty five minutes and I can't can't cover it all. How was your weekend? What do you want to talk about? Who cares? We gotta talk about hockey. I don't care how my weekend was. It was great. Yeah? What'd you do? I had a nice golf game yesterday. Fantastic. Nice day at uh, nice day at the Grange, the course. It was fun. But anyways, we got to move on. Game five is tonight. We could have a Stanley Cup champion. Much like the NBA, the Denver Nuggets won their first championship last night. Tomorrow, we could see it happen again. The Vegas Golden Knights could win their first championship for the whole city. The city's never won a major sports championship. I think the WNBT, NBA team won one, maybe. They're not one of the big four. But if the Vegas Golden Knights win, Tim, it's pandemonium in Vegas. Can you imagine the parade in Vegas right down the strip? Do you think they shut down the strip for the Knights if they win? That's it. That's their only street. I don't know <laughs> if you've been to Vegas. I have. They, yeah. they have some minor ones, you know, off the strip and this and that. They've got, they got one. They got one street, maybe two, because it kind of is an L, I think. Do they shut down the whole strip? All like, I think it's eight lanes. Or they just maybe shut down a couple, maybe one direction. Yeah, one direction, and the other one becomes bi-directional for like the day. You know. Yeah. Um, 
but it would be pandemonium. I mean, Vegas is already crazy, but winning a championship, especially the way that this city has embraced the team. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. It's a big game tonight, but it would be it would be nuts. Do you think everybody would just join in the everybody would just join in the party who's in Vegas for a different event, a stag and doe, a bachelorette, birthday, whatever, girls' weekend? Woo! They would just join in the parade. There'd be hundreds of thousands of people at the parade, I would think. Probably the best parade ever. No, Chicago in 2010 when they won, when there was 3 million people out there, was the best parade ever. Three Schmill in Millennium Park. A lot of people. Just because the Bruins do their dumb thing where they go on the boats and nobody cares. Get the duck boats ready. Yeah. They're so dumb. So when's the last time the New England area had a parade? It's been a while. It's been like five years, I think. I think 20 Well, considering you guys won every four months, 10 years ago, it's been a yeah. drought. Getting withdrawals. No, no. Patriots won in like 2020, I think. Against um, the Falcons. The, yeah. What a collapse. 28 to three in the fourth quarter. Oh, no, no. More man. recent than that. They won more recent than that against the Chiefs, I think. No, the um, LA Rams. Not that it matters. Anyway. It's been a while. But anyways, they they could have a parade and it could happen tonight. And there could be some big ticket players who aren't going to be in this game. Matthew Kachuk, injured, game time decision. What do you think? Is he going to play, Tim? He looked very pedestrian in game four. Not very effective. Obviously laboring. I don't know what's going on with Matthew Kachuk. He got destroyed the game before. He came back. He didn't play very much. He closed out the game. What do you think? Is Kachuk going to suit it up? Is he going to play this game five, Tim? You have to think he will. I mean, he he missed a lot of the third period in game four. I think he ended up with like 16 minutes in the game total, which is low for him. Obviously, it's he's been injured from that Keegan Colasar hit. Didn't practice yesterday. And so he's definitely, it's questionable. The status is unclear. I think he plays. Like, this is the biggest game of the season. It's, it's all on the line. He's, he'll power through. Probably a limited role. And definitely limited effectiveness when he's on the ice, but I don't think you could take him out of the lineup. Yeah, I agree. Should we even break down game four? What happened? Uh, no. Other, I'll just say like I watched a bunch of this game. It looked pretty close on paper. Um, three two game. The shots were about even. They were both zero for one in the power play. But other than that, like it was Vegas's game. They've shown this whole series. They're just a better team. They're deeper. They're stronger. They're faster. They're getting better goaltending. It's just it's Vegas is it's Vegas is to lose right now. My only issue with Florida is you're at home. You won game three. Game four is another must win game. They didn't have any sense of urgency. It seemed like in the first two periods, they were just kind of feeling it out that they, they weren't in on the rush. They weren't playing a typical Florida Panthers game. And, and it's been like this, this whole Stanley Cup finals. I don't know if this is Vegas just asserting their dominance and just showing that they are just a superior team or if it's Florida getting in there and this it's, it's too much for them. You know, it's, it's a pretty big moment. They they've had some huge highs in this Stanley cup playoffs. You know, they beat, beat the Bruins. They go out and they beat the Leafs. They go out and they beat the hurricanes. Like that's huge. They were the eighth seed making the Stanley cup final. They're not bringing the same jam that they did the first three series. Whereas the Vegas golden Knights, a lot of these guys have been here before. A lot of these guys have been to the Stanley Cup Finals. They've made the Western Conference Finals. They've been in these battles throughout the years. They're ready. They're bringing it every single shift, every single game, it seems like. Where the Florida Panthers in Game 4, you would think the urgency would be there. 
The third period is where I saw the Florida Panthers for the first time. The D were jumping in the rush. They were being aggressive. They were hitting everything. They were throwing pucks at the net. You could feel that sense of urgency. It's like, oh, crap, we're going to lose. Let's pick it up. Brandon Montour has been invisible this series until this that third period of game four. He was all over the ice, Tim. It was fun to watch. And what happened? Florida was effective. They were playing great. They were putting pressure on the Vegas Golden Knights. They were forcing them into turnovers. Aiden Hill had to make a few pretty good saves. And it, and it was an enjoyable game. I think the first two periods, it was just like, what? Like, are we not trying? I don't understand. Maybe they're injured. There's some underlying things. But they need to bring that sense of urgency right from the drop of the puck. And it, it, it seems like obvious. Like, let's try right away. But for whatever reason, I think they're just waiting for something to happen. And that happens when you're a hockey player. You don't want to make the first mistake. You don't want to cost your team the game. But when you have that mentality and you're just trying not to make mistakes, nothing good is really happening. You're not making things happen. You're just reacting. You know what I mean? So Florida needs to just go out there and just throw it all out there. Who cares if you make a mistake? Throw the puck on the net. Get the puck in the corner. Make a check. D-man, you're pinching on 50-50 pucks. That's what we're doing here. I don't care if it gets by you. We'll, we'll give up a three on two or a two on one for the chance that you're going to get it and create an offensive chance. You have to take chances. Vegas is a better team overall. I think that's been well established throughout the first four games. Vegas is better. We have to create offense. We have to create chances. Vegas isn't taking penalties. They took their first penalty with 17 seconds left in the game in game four. So it's a five on five game. You got to find ways to generate offense in Florida. Was good with that in the Eastern Conference, all three series. All of a sudden, now that's dried up. Vegas is a pretty solid defensive team. They got Selkie winners scattered all over this lineup, potentially. You got Carlson, you got Stone, you got Stevenson. These guys know how to play. Marsha Stowe's responsible. You got you to gotta, you gotta let it rip, right, Tim? Get the D in the rush. Get pucks to the net. You, you, you got to try to create offense. It just hasn't worked the first three games. So they got to switch it up. Yeah, so Florida couldn't find that urgency until later in the game in game four, but they're going to have to tonight because it's an elimination game. And so Vegas has a chance to close it out at home. And uh, I was wondering, just like from your, you know, you've had some playoff experience and definitely being part of the team for a few runs. Does it, is there like an inherent, like there's a flip, a switch flip when it's all of a sudden an, el- an elimination game or do guys treat it like any other playoff game? Or is the energy just completely different when one of the team, one of the teams might go home? Well, it's just like a wounded animal backed into a corner. There's urgency every single shift. You don't want to go home. You don't want this to be your last game. So I think the advantage, oddly enough, is for the team who is facing elimination. The team who's trying to put someone out, maybe the urgency isn't there. Maybe you're not diving in front of that puck when you probably should. So Florida is still a dangerous team. I don't think they've ever come back from 3-1, though. Have that Has that happened, Tim? Not in this playoff run. The the Panthers haven't come back from 3-1? I don't think so. I don't know. We're going to have to fact check that. Can I'm you erase some things from my memory? The first They did it to the best team ever to step foot on the ice in the regular Ooh. season, the Boston Bruins. Yeah. And they did it fairly easily. So it, it was the same situation. They went back to Boston. Nobody gave them a chance. And all of a sudden, you win one game. Then you go back to Florida, and you're feeling pretty good. This is not an insurmountable deficit to come back from but boy oh boy their best players injured their goalie has been pedestrian their offense isn't clicking like it had been 
there's a lot of question marks here. And truth be told, Vegas Golden Knights, they're they're a superior team. They're the most underrated number one scene I've ever seen in the playoffs, where no one really talked about them up until this point. Everybody was talking about Colorado and Edmonton and these teams, and then Vegas just came through and waxed everybody. So I would like to hope that Florida was going to put up a, you know, a good game, you know, go down swinging. I don't know. I really don't know. Based on the first four games, the answer is no. Vegas is going to play a methodical game. They're going to force you to make mistakes. They're going to score a couple goals. Marshall Stowe is going to score again. Obviously, the guy can't stop scoring. And then they're going to win the Stanley Cup. And it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be at home. So Vegas has been here before. They made the Stanley Cup finals. Like They know what it feels like to lose, Tim. So I think that's a motivating factor enough, especially for the the original six or seven that there is. People question whether White Cloud was an original player because he didn't play. Or I don't know. There's there's six of them really. Marshall Smith, Riley McNabb. Those are the guys. And there's two more. I'm, I'm flaking on it right now. But I think it's just four. I think it's just the four guys. No, nah, uh, I think there's more. I think you're wrong. But um, okay. I know you're wrong. There's more than four. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know you're wrong. Carlson? Carlson Who's an original Smith, one? McNabb and Marchessault. Smith, Riley. There's six with a potential seven. The one guy was like a black ace, black ace who was on the team. So all that aside, I think Florida will, will put up a W here. I really do. I hope. I think Kuchuk will play. I think Bobrovsky's due to steal one and they got to get some power plays. That's the key. Like, I, I know you're not good on the power play. I know you don't score very, score very often, but, but something has to give. You can't go the whole Stanley cup finals without scoring a playoff goal. It has to, you have to get one. I don't know. What do you think Florida has to do, Tim, to get back into the series? I mean, I don't know that they do. I think Vegas closes it out tonight. That's I think not they- what I asked. I said, what does Florida have to do to get back in? Well, you got to, okay, I mean, what do they have to do? Kachuk, I don't know if this is something that's in their control, but how healthy he is is going to be a huge impact on this game. Bobrovsky is going to need to be better. You're going to need more from your secondary players like we talked about. You're going to need a goal from Sam Reinhardt and Carter Verhage tonight to, to keep this thing going. Sam Bennett hasn't scored in like three weeks or something. And so you're going to need those guys to get on the board. You're going to need Bobrovsky to play better. And you're just going to, John, I don't know. You need the urgency, but I just don't. I, I see Vegas closing it out tonight. I really do. Jonathan Marshall, Riley Smith, William Carlson, Shea Theodore, William Carrier, and Braden McNabb. Those are the original ones with the asterisks of, uh, gosh, who's the guy in D I just mentioned? White Cloud. He was there too, but he was a black case. So six, potentially seven. The original guys who were there from the beginning. I I ran into a kid this weekend and he's like, I've been a Vegas fan my whole life. I'm like, you're 17. How is that possible? I'm like, did you have a jersey of them when you were a little kid playing mini sticks? He's like, I just love Vegas so much. It's funny how this team has a big fan base. I think people really got behind them as an expansion team. They had a cool logo. They did a really good job marketing the team. They have fans all over the country. It's not just a geographic fan base that they have. It's pretty neat that they, how they've grown the game. I don't think Seattle has that. I don't think they will have that. They're tucked away in the Northwest. I don't think people really care about Seattle as much as they do Vegas. Don't you think? Uh, I mean, 
In this league, probably not. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still early, but Vegas, the way it's part of it's just the city. There's just like an inherent chaos and just energy there that I think just works really well for the hockey crowd. So, I know I know someone that was like getting their MBA um, in 2017 and 18, and he had to stay up really late every night, and so he was watching Vegas because those were the only games that were on. You know, and so I feel like you draw in a lot of people to the late night crowd in the East Coast. Have you ever been to Vegas? Yeah, once. Like for for fun or for business? For fun. On a road trip, we passed through and stayed on the strip. Had a, we hit the casinos and everything. Like how many nights did you stay? Just one. I got to stay for a couple to really get the whole feel of it. So you didn't do the buffets. You didn't do, you know, that sort of thing. No, we just hit a few casinos and drank and just did our thing. Gambled. I had an epiphany this week. I don't know what it was. Um, I was just thinking. I watched a movie, I think, and there was like a scene and it was like this cool underground club and it was raining and there was fog. I think it was like a, I don't know what it was, like John Wick or something. It was killing everybody. I'm like, this doesn't, it's not fun. When you go to this big club and there's loud music, you can't talk to anybody, you know, like maybe four people and you don't have any fun. I, I just had this epiphany. It's like, I have more fun in a room maybe i'm just getting old even as a kid though i was like this is so lame i'd rather just be at a house party with like my six good friends i don't know i'm the, What's same the point you spend like a million bucks for a bottle of booze and you don't even get to enjoy it it's just that that's what i remember about vegas we would go there quite a bit not quite a bit once a year the clubs were over expensive and it was just too loud to hear anything and it wasn't fun at all it, it just was an excess of everything. It's like, why do we need all this? What's the point? The bill comes and it's like 25,000. And it's like, what do we, did we really have $25,000 worth of fun? You guys? No, no. And then someone pay this. Cause I'm not like, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. I had a few beers and maybe a mixed drink. That's it. You know, it just is not fun. Isn't it funny how different $25,000 was 10 years ago as it was to you now? You know, I used to get a check every two weeks for like 30 some thousand and it was nothing. And now I'm just like, I would like, I don't even know what I do for $30,000. I do a <laughs> podcast. So it's just, yeah, it is funny how money changes. It doesn't really, it's just paper. It's just changing hands. Anyways, predictions tonight, Tim, you think Vegas is going to close it out? I do. I think they win, uh, not in a blowout, but I think they win pretty dominantly, like four to one, something like that. All right. I think my asterisk is if the Panthers can score a power play goal, they will win. It hinges on that. They got to get off the schneid on the power play. If they can get one, I think they win this game and they send it back to Florida for game six. But if they don't and Vegas wins. The Conn Smythe is a tricky trophy. Usually every year, there's one person who just stands out head and shoulders above everybody else, whether it's a dominant defenseman, whether it's a forward who's just is dominating games, all of the Kucherovs, all of the McKinnons, the Victor Hedmans, those types of players. It's obvious to Kale McCars. Who is the Conn Smythe winner this year? If Vegas wins. The points are very tight. Jack Eichel, I believe, is their leading point scorer. He's got a ton of assists, not a lot of goals. Mark Stone is a sentimental guy. He's been there. He's their captain. He's battled through injuries this past year. He's came back. He's been fantastic in the playoffs. They got the goaltender, Aiden Hill. 
stepped in when their starter came in in the first round, got hurt. Lorraine Brossois, he's played fantastic. He's held the fort. He's saved everything he's supposed to save. You got Jonathan Marchestow, one of the original seven, and he's playing lights out. He's scoring goals. He didn't score early on in the playoffs, but he's playing fantastic. Who is the guy? Chandler Stevenson has played great this Stanley Cup Finals. He scores every game as well. He's one of their high-end defensive forwards. The same goes for William Carlson. Who do you got, Tim, carrying the Conn Smythe Trophy home tonight? It's Well, if it's tonight, it's two players for me. It's between two players. It's either Mark Chassel, who leads the team in goals and points, which has just been absolutely huge for them, or it's Aiden Hill. Um, and I can make an argument for both. I'm probably leaning Hill. I mean, his stats are really good. and kind of Wow. Came- no way. He's... 10-4, 211, 934, two shutouts. He's been so good for this team. So, yeah, I think I'm probably picking him or Marcia so. It's Marcia Stowe. It has to be. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Jonathan Marcia Stowe, who wins the consequence. He's done so much for this team. He's, he's scored big goals. He's scored a lot. It's his team. Chicks dig the long ball. And this guy, he hits dingers. You know what I mean? He scores goals. So it's Jonathan Marcia Stowe. Aiden Hill's a cute... You know, uh, you know, he he came and he played really well. It's either Jonathan Marzisto or it's Jack Eichel. Those are the only two players who I think will get it. Eichel coming back from a neck. He got buried, you know, playing very, very good. But it's Jonathan Marzisto's trophy. It's a great story. All right, moving on. What do we got? What do you talk about now, Tim? Well, I, I always like this moment. And and like Mark Stone gets the cup and there's like, who who's next? There's always that like sequence of like, oh, who's going to be next? You know? Um, and I don't think there's a clear, clear vote for Vegas because there's no one like long-term veteran that hasn't won one. Except if it, if it is, it's probably Mark Stone. And so um, at least a star veteran. So you've got like McNabb and March or so, two of the older guys are also part of the original four that were six that were there a few years ago. You got Riley Smith who was there. Um, you have William Carlson who was there. Who gets the, who gets the trophy next? I think it goes to Riley Smith. He's the assistant captain. Like you said, he's been there since the inception. So it's going to be Riley Smith. Then I think they just stick with the assistant captains. It goes to Alex Peterangelo next, and then it goes to the original guys. It goes to Brady McNabb. It goes to Carlson. The question I want answered is, when does Phil the Thrill get it? Hasn't played at all in this playoffs. I think he played a handful of games in the earlier rounds, maybe two or three. Guy's 35. He's the elder statesman on this team. I don't know of anybody who's older. Does he get it before some players who have played, you know, the whole playoff round? Does he get it before Keegan Colasar? Does he get it before Michael Amadio? That's the guy who I'm going to be watching. When does Phil the Thrill get it? And does he have a shirt on when he comes on the ice? Does he just come out shirtless, already drunk? Like he's been drinking all day. He's day drunk, Phil Kessel. That would be the most epic send-off of a hockey player ever. Comes out just wasted, gets the cup, does a couple push-ups at center ice, and just, I'm done. I won the Stanley Cup. I'm out of here. What a send-off for just a Hall of Famer in Phil Kessel. But I think it goes Stone, Smith, Peter Angelo. If I'm a Vegas betting man, I think they go with the letters. And then the first guy after that is Braden McNabb. That's my first four. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. I was thinking definitely Riley Smith first. He's got the most games played. He's He wears the A. Back to the field question. I don't think he goes before anybody. He's already won two cups. It's not like it's it, it's it's still special, obviously, but I don't think he's going to want to hold it before any of his teammates. So I, I, I think he's like almost not even televised. He's at the end of the, end of the line. All right. Well, you got to get out of here soon. What are we talking about next, Tim? 
Um, let's, a couple of trade rumors here. Um, looking at the DFO Daily Faceoff site, some interesting things here. Hellebuck is the big name right now. He's officially expressed through his agent that he has no no interest in returning to Winnipeg, basically zero. Um, he's going to play somewhere else next year. And it's rare that a goalie of this caliber becomes available on the open market, especially not like a young one. He's already a veteran. He's already like ready to be on a long playoff run in his prime. Some of the teams he's being linked to are the LA Kings for another like one final push under um, Kopitar and Dowdy. Get the New Jersey Devils up and coming team that don't really have that go to goaltender yet. Pittsburgh, if if Dubas thinks that he's got a window there, maybe you invest in that goaltending because you're not really getting what you need from Tristan Jari. Where do you think he goes and does he make any team he's on pretty much an instant contender? No, I don't think he makes him an instant contender. I, I've still, I'll go to my deathbed saying I don't think you need a star goaltender to win a Stanley Cup. Aiden Hill is proving that. He's not a star goaltender. He's a very good goaltender. I don't think you need to spend $6.166 million for a goaltender, which Connor, Connor Hellebuck makes. If they can figure out a way to do it, fantastic. I think the best landing spot for him, I think LA would be fun. I do. I think they struggle. I don't think their two goaltenders, it was uh, that Finnish guy and then Phoenix Copley. I don't think they played that great. But no, I, I don't think he makes anybody instant contender. I think there are other players out there who will make a bigger impact other than Connor Hellebeck, other it's a, uh, Dubois or Connor Garland. Those type of players will, you know, even though they're not as good as a Hellebuck, Hellebuck is a top three goaltender. Those guys are going to make a bigger impact on a team than a, than a goaltender. That's just my perspective. People people love goaltenders. Other people think you you build from the back out. I think you build down the middle and on the defense. I've said it for years. That's how you build a successful team. So, I don't know. Where do you think he goes? Well, what's a good spot for him? L.A. seems like the likely destination, but I would keep an eye on Pittsburgh, too. Dubas is – I'm really curious to see what, what he envisions for this team and whether he thinks that – how how open that window is, how much of it is just PR and, and positioning versus actually, like, trying to win right now. Because you've got – there's a tight roster cap situation there, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and they really have a no goaltenders. They have Casey DeSmith coming back. Tristan Yari's a UFA. He's not coming back. Interesting situation. I, it, then if you're Connor Hellbuck, do you want to go there, right? Do you want to go to a team that's, you know, for all intents and purposes, like they're done. They didn't make the playoffs this year. All of their good players are 35 and older, you know? So do you really want to go to the Pittsburgh Penguins? I guess you can go for one year, then you're UFA, but tricky situation. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. If, if Winnipeg finally does make a trade, that would be funny if they did, because they never do. Yeah, one other quick one here. Um, Frank reported that Connor Garland is going to be gone as a, a Vancouver Canuck too. And so basically teams are saying like, you have to give us something if you want us to take his contract. Meaning if anyone wants him for free, they jump right to the front of the line. Would you take a, a flyer on this guy? Because I feel like he can still be a valuable asset as a secondary goal scorer. Yeah, he's good for 50 points a season. He put up 46 this year, 52 the year before. He makes $5 million. I don't know what everybody's so down about on Connor Garland. I don't mind him. I think he's a good player. He kind of plays that feisty game that everybody loves now. He's still relatively young. He's 27. I don't know why people are so just all out on Connor Garland. He's got that reputation of just being a prick and no one likes him. You know what I mean? I don't know why. Vancouver's just got a bunch of those players. <laughs> they they stockpile guys who just nobody likes. So, but if I'm a team and I can, you know, call up the Vancouver Canucks GM and say, hey, listen. Would you be willing to eat half the contract of Connor Garland? Heck yeah, I'm taking him. 
he's a good player. I don't know why everyone's so down on him. And if Patrick Olivin, the GM for Vancouver, really wants to get rid of him, I, I'm definitely taking him. He's a good guy. You can plug in on a third line and all day, all day long. I feel like he's a very, very good player. I like him. Agreed. I would too. Mary, is that it, Tim? You got to go? I got to go. I got an appointment, man. I got to get to the front of the line. The most waste of time thing you're going to do this week. Go get something. I could see if you travel internationally and you're always on the plane and you're maybe late for a flight, you could get to the airport four hours early. You wouldn't, it doesn't affect your life at all. Right? It does. It does. It does. Because you're going to maybe not get, your dog can't lick peanut butter out of your mouth for an hour. What? John, just 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 wish me well and just be happy for me and support me in what I do. It's affecting the show. It's affecting the show. <laughs> you know what affects Fine. the show is when you go golfing last minute and don't tell me. Oh, man, the Kingsley Club. Beautiful. I'm actually leaving next week, too, so we're not going to have shows next week. I haven't told you that. But um, all right, go get your... Uh... <laughs> Tim's like, really? <laughs> that works well. I'm traveling next week, too. We're going camping. We're going to take a hiatus after the playoffs. We need it. We work, we work too hard. All right, everybody. Well, Tim's got to go. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow, potentially celebrating a Stanley Cup championship. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.